board. Strong to rescue what was lost, stretching out your mind. Minister to us and hopefully through us minister to those around us in need. 
And so uh, we have a special guest speaker this morning uh, from Compassion. He's worked with them for a little bit now. Uh, for many years before that, he was in ministry for uh, 20 years, he said to us. Uh, so Jeff Hackett uh, worked with Compassion. He's here. This is not the Jeff Hackett you may know from the NHL. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, I've been really excited to have Jeff here to speak to you. Um, now, he is probably going to be different than you're used to with me, and that's okay. Uh, he's not a Baptist. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Okay. Where did you spend this past weekend? What camp? That's what I was <laughs> That's true. That's good. That's good. So why don't you give Jeff a warm welcome? Oh, man. <laughs> I was going to say nice words about your pastor, but come on. Oh, it is great to be with you this morning and 20 plus years, but as we just say that as a reference point, but it's over plus, plus, plus as the years go on. But church, it is great to be with you, and, uh, and all joking aside, you have an amazing pastor. Uh, over the last number, I think it's almost a year now, I've been with Compassion. I've had the opportunity to talk with your pastor, have coffee with your pastor, and uh, he's the real deal. And uh, church, you're blessed beyond measure to have him and his family here. So thanks, uh, Pastor Matt, for giving me the next hour and a half, I think it is, right? Baptist, are we going there? All right. No. <laughs> but uh, you need to know, church, that uh, your church is part of what is called the Ottawa Compassion Collective. Calvary Baptist Church is one of about eight other churches that collectively that you work together to see a greater impact in a specific community, which is incredible. That through your church on an annual basis, a community called El Hequero in Guatemala sees uh, amazing things take place with women and children. Not only that, is that your church and the Ottawa Compassion Collective together have sponsored over 256 children that have been released from poverty in Jesus' name. Now, is that not incredible? Give yourself a round and say, that's incredible. You can clap too if you like. That's pretty incredible. And specifically, your church to date has released 29 children. But I'm thankful today that that number is going to go up. Because we believe that God's going to do some incredible things. As Pastor Matt said, I've been in ministry for over 20 years. I am, I've been married for over 20 years. And I have a family. I have four amazing boys. Uh, not quite the Matt Rudd status yet. Uh, but our eldest is 21. And our youngest is 13. And life is busy. Life is crazy. And, uh, and so we thought over the last couple years that life wasn't crazy enough that we thought we'd adopt a, a COVID puppy because that just makes life a lot easier in our household. So it's been crazy, but it's been good. One of the scriptures that has kept me grounded over the last number of years that has sort of kept me just my feet planted is found in Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, we read this passage of Scripture. Jesus is sort of giving his last set of instructions for the followers of Christ. 
And he lands at Matthew, and we land at Matthew 25. Near the end of this chapter, we, we begin to see what really matters to Jesus, what really matters the most. And when I read this scripture... It helps put into focus my mission and my mandate and helps us to put into focus the church's mission and mandate. And near the end of Matthew 25, it reads this, I tell you the truth. Whenever you refuse to help the least of these, you refuse to help me. What a sobering reminder as Christ followers. What a sobering reminder as the church. Because it leads us to the question that who are the least of these? In our community, in our neighborhood, in the global community where we find ourselves and where we find our missional focus, we have to ask ourselves, who are the least of these? In Compassion's world, the least of these are children. Children are are some of the most vulnerable people on this planet. Subject to so many different things that are not good. The least of these are people who will never be able to pay you back. The least of these are those who find themselves in situations they didn't really ask for. The least of these needs to be the focus of the local church and of the global church as well. Because I firmly believe that when we pursue the least of these, when we pursue the broken, when we pursue those who are hurting, those who are lost, those who are in need, we're actually pursuing the presence of God. As the scripture says, as often as you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. So the scripture lately that has just kept me grounded, kept me focused, kept me moving forward as Jesus is simply asking Jeff Hackett, who lives in Norwood, two and a half hours east of here on Highway 7, how often do you minister, how often do you reach out, and how often do you look to those who are in need, and how often do you respond to those who are in need, Jeff? Because no matter where we find ourselves, whether we are a minister of the gospel, whether we have a clerical job, whether we have a high job in finance, whatever it might be, the scripture is relevant and applicable to each and every one of us who calls ourselves Christ followers. It doesn't leave a little asterisk in the scripture that says, hey, you have arrived, so no need to worry about those who are in need. So with that in mind... I would love to share with you what's on my heart and on my mind and how you and I can play a vital role in releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. So let us pray this morning. Lord, I pray over the next few moments, may we be reminded of the extravagant love that you have for your creation, the unlimited resources that come from above, and that you are calling each and every one of us to action. And you're calling the church into action to be your hands and your feet extended to the most vulnerable, to those who will never be able to pay us back. Lord, may you use us. May I be your humble vessel this morning. 
and all that we do. Amen, church? How many of you come from a large family? I see that hand, Matt. I see that hand. Well, in today's culture, uh, my family is considered large. We have four teenage or three teenage boys, one boy is in his 20s, and life is busy. Life is chaotic. Life is just crazy. So for us, mealtime doesn't sort of just come like happen circumstance. We have to plan and be strategic about food. How many are with me on this one? And more often than not, my boys will want to send me a text throughout the day, and they send me a text through my cell phone and ask, hey, Dad, can so-and-so come over for dinner? And my immediate response is, of course they can. And then I do a 180, and I look at the stove and what we have prepared for dinner, and I begin to pray the prayer of multiplication. Jesus, may you multiply this food. Pull out another bag of cheap pasta. And for us, the table is the central heartbeat of our home. It is where everything takes place. It's not only where meals get shared. It's where homework gets done. It's where games get played. It's where grievances get aired. It's where feelings get hurt. It's where laughter, anger, yelling, whispering, work, Zoom meetings all take place. For us, the table is the heartbeat of our home. And we want to teach our kids this fundamental principle. And the fundamental principle, I think, is not only applicable to our family, but applicable to the local church, that all are welcomed at our table. So I want to teach my boys the simple principle that all are welcomed at my table. But our table is, it was when we were young, young, newly married, we, we spent a lot of money we didn't have on this custom table because we knew we wanted it to be the heartbeat of our home. It, it was, it's this beautiful table, and, it's, and now it's filled with all these marks and dents, and somebody had written really hard on a piece of paper, and they can see their homework on that beautiful table. It's where my kids decided to clean something with battery acid, and, and, and a little hole was just burned into the table. It has beautiful chairs that are around it, six in all. But when they invite somebody over, we have to ask them to go get the chair. And this chair that you know so well has been relegated to the basement. It's right beside the furnace. It doesn't belong with all the other six. But when we invite somebody over, they go and get this chair. It's the mismatched chair. And you guys all have matching chairs. I'm sure if I look hard enough, I can find some ugly chairs. Um, and so this chair comes up and everybody sort of makes accommodation you can imagine it if it was your table everybody's given a little space here and taking a little space there you put the left-handed eater at the corner so they don't elbow anybody how many lefties do we have in the house feel you I'm a lefty as well relegated But we have this chair, and driving home the fundamental principle that all are welcome to come and take a seat at our table. I don't ask my kids if their friend 
or friends agree with my political dispositions or not. I don't ask my kids' friends if they can flip the bill maybe for dinner that they're going to partake. I don't ask my, my kids' friends if they could just pass it and fill out a survey before they come into my house. They, no, they come. They come with all, all their baggage, all their stuff, all their brokenness, all their quirky ways they do things. The only rule I have is don't wear a hat at my table. And I lead the way, and I wear hats all the time, and my hair is a disaster. Today, it took me a while. But this idea that there's always room for more, this idea that all are welcome at the table is a significant theme throughout the, the scriptures. In the Old Testament, we see that the table was a place of prominence and significance. And then we come over to the New Testament and, and Jesus, as we celebrated just a few minutes ago, is, is breaking the bread and, and drinking the wine, giving the new covenant this idea that there's coming a time that all of us are welcome to come and partake in the Lord's Supper. All of us are welcome to the table. Isn't it interesting during the Last Supper, as Jesus was sharing the meal with his disciples, that in and amongst his disciples would be one who would deceive him. You see, even Jesus didn't accommodate that everybody was with him at that moment. Again, teaching us and driving home that fundamental principle that all are welcomed at our table. You see, church, when we begin to make space for people who are hurting, Lost, broken, disenfranchised, those who are in need. I believe this is the exact space and place that God wants us to be in. Not only as a local church, but us as individuals. Because if we truly, truly look at our lives, if we truly look at where we are in our spiritual lives, all of us would come to the conclusion none of us deserve to be at that table. But, for the grace of God, He has paid the price. He has paid that meal that we are about to partake in. But for the grace of God, we are able to come and take a seat. And maybe my challenge for you this morning is, church, are we really truly making room for more? Both as individuals and us as a church. Are we making room? Are we accommodating and making a place and a space for those who have yet to discover who Jesus Christ is or for those who just need to know the tangible love and expression of who God is because he's using his church in incredible ways to be the hands and feet extended to reach out into some of the most darkest areas of the world so they would know that a God has not forgotten them, that a God loves them beyond measure and that there is always a place for them to come and take a seat and explore who God is in their life. How exciting is this? To be a part of something, to be a part of a church, to be a part of an organization that is driven to make room for more, that is driven to go into the darkest parts of this world to share the greatest message ever told of faith, 
hope and love. Friends, I don't want to be a part of a church. I don't want to be part of a, of a faith system that is stagnant and stale that just says, sit here and wait for my return. I want to be a part of something that is live, that is vibrant, that it says, hey, it is your turn. Get in there. Get things done. And by my strength, you are able to do immeasurably more than what you could ever imagine. For compassion, we as an organization are on this incredible journey of making room for more. We are passionate and undeniably, unapologetically passionate about releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. We're encouraging churches and and amazing donors from coast to coast to coast to we're making room for more. What does that look like in our context? What does that look like as an individual? Well, for you and I, it's about saying, hey, listen, what do I need to do in my life in order to put a space and a place at my table for someone who's yet to discover who Jesus is or for someone who needs the most basic necessities of life? We're encouraging, inspiring, and challenging Canadians. Let's be a part of the solution. I don't know if you've read in the news lately, but our world is not getting any better. Maybe the first time in, in, a, in a very long time that there are more impoverished people now, today, than there were three years ago. We're not combating the the global food crisis. Extreme poverty is growing, not degrowing. So we're not winning. And I believe God is calling the local church to be a part of the solution. I believe God is calling the local church to say, hey, let's get in there. Let's lean in. Let's lean in where we can. Let's be a part of the solution where we can. And this church, Calvary Baptist, is part of a collection of churches in Ottawa that have chosen to say, hey, we are going to lean in. We may not be able to eradicate extreme poverty in this world, but we will not let a minute go by where we say we didn't do all that we could and all that we can for those who are in need and those who just need to know that Jesus loves them. We will not stand by. We will not be idle, but we choose to lean in. We choose to walk forward. We choose to celebrate who God is. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, there's this beautiful story of a master who prepared this beautiful luncheon. This beautiful luncheon as he's preparing and getting things ready. And Luke 14 challenges us. It says, when you put on a luncheon, don't put on a luncheon for those who will pay you back. Don't put on a luncheon for those who you know that you get along with. Don't put on a luncheon for those who, who you just, you know, agree with in all sort of areas of life. In fact, when you put on a luncheon, put on a luncheon for those who are broken, those who are lo- hurting, those who are lost, those who are disenfranchised, those who will never, ever be able to pay you back. 
So the master is preparing this banquet. And he's got all the invites. And, and if you're like one of these people in the world that loves to have uh, dinner parties, if that's you, just raise your hand. You know, that's you. I see that. All right. I'll send you my address, 4198 Highway 7, Norwood. Just send me that beautiful invite for that dinner party. And I can imagine that. What's your name, dear? Oh, Jane. Oh, it's perfect. Jane is, is having a dinner party. And Jane is inviting Jeff and his, and his family over. She's prepared, and so she's writing this beautiful invitation. And because Jane's got awesome handwriting, calligraphy. She even writes my name out better than I can. And it comes in the mail, and, and Jane's all excited. She's got the dinner table all set. She's got the cornucopia with all the seasonal stuff spewing out of it. She's got the table set, and she's got my name on a little tent card that's written Jeff. And Aaron's beside me. My boys are way over there, away from me. <laughs> and I'm enjoying this dinner. And she's got the table set. She's got the, the, the plate with the plate and the plate. And you really don't understand why there's four plates. But you don't use the bottom plate because it holds all the other plates. And she goes all out of her way. She pours all of her energies in. And I get that invite, and I go, nah, sorry, Jane, can't come. Busy. I got things to do. I got leaves to rake. Not going to come. But Jane is, she thought her mission was to invite all of her friends and family members that she gets along with. And the scripture reminds us that the master sent all, out all these invites and they all came back and no one, no one that he invited showed up. And he was furious because he thought that's where all his energies and that's where all the focus needed to be with the people that he got along with the most, the people that, you know, agreed with him, the people that he wanted around the table, you know, all those people that make you look good, all those people that you want to tag in your social media stream. He thought that's where he needed to be and that's who needed to be around his table. And so he was furious and he says to his servant, go. Go out into the streets, into the alleyways, into the corners, and find everyone that you can to come and partake in this meal that I prepared for you. So the servant went out and he got all these people. You know what I love about this scenario and this situation? Not everyone was the same. That around Jesus' table there is this eclectic, ethnic, diverse group of people. And so the servant came back, and then he went out again, and he went out to the countrysides and the hillsides. And, and so this scripture reminds me that Jesus is, is a God of the urban, and Jesus is the God of the suburban, and Jesus is the God of the rural. Jesus dwells everywhere there is people, which is incredible. And he goes out. And this is where it gets me. It says, go quickly into the streets and the alleyways and the towns. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the broken, the, the lost. And see, there's who we need to be inviting to our table. 
After the servant had done this, he reported, help me out here, there's still room for more. God's table is never full. The mission and the mandate of the Christ follower is never done. God's calling each and every one of us to be on mission, to be focused. Who are we to be on mission for? Who are we to be focused on? The poor, the crippled, the lame, the broken, the hurting, the child that just needs access to clean drinking water, education, medical care, a child in Guatemala who just needs to know that there's a God who loves them undeniably. A child that needs to know that there's a God who loves him so much, so radically, that there's some crazy Canadian in Ottawa on a Sunday morning that is willing to take the time, the energy, the resources out of their own pocket to say, hey, this day, I'm making room for more. Today, I'm making space to have someone come and sit at my table. What an incredible thing it is. I have the privilege and, and to go around all across northern Ontario, eastern Ontario, Quebec, and to share and, and something I'm passionate about. But I know this. There's nothing like the local church, no matter what Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever it might be. There's nothing like the local church when God is at the center and when God is at mission and when God is in the neighborhood. There's nothing that will stop the local church from doing God's mission. Is it imperfect? 100%. Though I think you've found a pretty awesome church this morning. Is it filled with imperfect people? 100%. But it's through this, through these imperfect people and the imperfect vessel of the local church that God is choosing to use and to spread the greatest message ever told of faith, hope, and love. It is through this imperfect vessel where God says, I'm not done with you, church, that you're here in this neighborhood for such a time as this, and it is to move the mission forward. It is to be so focused on those who are hurting and lost that it will be undeniably clear of what we are doing. So th three simple thoughts this morning based out of our scripture found in Luke chapter 14. We read in Luke 14, it says this, go quickly. The sense of urgency needs to be at the forefront of the church. The sense of urgency of who we are as Christ followers needs to be on the forefront of what we are doing. As I reminded you of a scripture that kept me grounded over and over again, found in Matthew 25, this idea of, Lord, that when did we see you? God, may I sense your urgency for those who are hurting, those who are lost, those who are broken. 
We must be willing to go into the dark places to share the love of Christ. For when He is with us, truly, who can be against us? The second thought is that there's still room for more. The sense of availability, the sense of mission for the church. I love that your church has got people in it, but there's still room for more. Can you imagine if we added a third service, Pastor Matt? Oh, yeah. Or a fourth service. Or you had a lineup to get into your church. Because people wanted to be a part of a community that wasn't so consumed with themselves. They wanted to be a part of a community that when they came in here, they got encouraged and inspired and challenged to go out into the uttermost parts of this world to share the love of Jesus Christ, to share the tangible love of Jesus Christ. That's a church that I want to be a part of. That's a community of believers that says, hey, listen, as often as we pursue the broken, we are pursuing his presence, and I, as a Christ follower, ultimately want to be in God's presence, don't I? There's still room for more. The table is never full. The job of sharing the the gospel message is never done until we are in His presence. And the final one is this, this go out. Sense of determination, calling, and purpose. We all need to be in this ministry of making room for more. Compassion is in this ministry of making room for more. I'm thankful that over the last two plus years, in the midst of tumultuous times that all of us experienced, that we've had amazing sponsors and donors from coast to coast to coast that have chosen to lean in to compassion and what we were doing have chosen to, in the midst of our trials and our tribulations and, and our shortcomings, we realize that there is a global world in the global south that are even more need, that are in their more uh, need of food and, and food securities. We recognize this when we begin to see the news. In the last couple of weeks, our world has been consumed with inflation. The cost of food expensive but can you imagine living in a country where one day a bag of rice maybe been ten dollars the next day it's 75 my heart begins to break because because the world just needs to know God is moving in the Canadian church, moving in tangible ways to reach those who are in need. So I want to challenge you this morning in my last few moments, and I want to encourage you. Maybe today is the day that you make room for more. Maybe today is the day that you realize that how blessed we are, and friends, we are blessed. I'm blessed beyond measure. I truly am. And there are times when God calls me to 
to lean in, to give of my resources when all I want to do is hang on because I know, as the report says, rainy days are coming. God says, listen, do you trust? Do you have faith? Are you willing to implement Matthew 25? Are you willing to, to dwell there? Are you willing to do what Luke 14 challenges us to do? So I want to challenge you, church, that maybe today you make room for more in a tangible way. And maybe that tangible way is sponsoring a child. Maybe that tangible way is leaning into the child survival program that your church is involved with in impacting young mothers and babies. Maybe God is calling you to make room for more. And you might say, hey, Jeff, I already sponsor a kid. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for making a difference in a child's life. But can I challenge you a little bit more? Can I encourage you maybe to step out in faith? Because I know this. None of us will really ever know the impact of our sponsorship will have on a child. Redirecting them. Giving them every opportunity to excel in life. In November of 2021, I started at Compassion. And my day when I started, I started with my two, two other colleagues that started the same day. And this one colleague, her name was Rhea. Rhea's from the Philippines. She's got a contagious smile. And Rhea was part of Compassion in the Philippines. And she tells a riveting story, and the story centers around this one thought, if only you knew the impact that you had on my life. Let's watch Rhea's story. Thank you. 
If only we knew the impact that we can have on a child. If only we knew the difference that Jesus can make in a child's life. If only we knew the role that the church can have in each and every child's life. I don't think I could bring enough sponsorships. Church, we have an opportunity today to make an impact in a child's life. We have an opportunity today to have the privilege of making room for more for the child in our life. Have the privilege. Every month, my family uh, resources come out of our bank account to sponsor a child in Burkina Faso. Such a small contribution when I really think about that child's life. And that's not to minimize the cost to sponsor a child. For some of us, it's a great sacrifice. But to have the opportunity to be a part of a child's life, to change their trajectory for what God has in store for them is a pretty awesome opportunity and privilege each and every one of us has. So church, um, I'm going to encourage you. I have some amazing volunteers here today. Julie and Joshua are here up, upstairs. And Michelle is actually downstairs in your cafe lounge area. Uh, on the back uh, table here on the main floor, we actually have only seven children left from the community of focus, uh, El Hecaro, which is pretty incredible. So that, that means by the end of today, that community to date will be completely sponsored. That's amazing. We also have some other kids from Guatemala because that's our country of focus today. So I want to encourage you to do that. How do you do that? Uh, just as Pastor Matt comes and uh, up here. Uh, each on, on this table, you'll see there's a child, and you'll see their name. You'll see their age. You'll see their birthday. Uh, and if you're interested in sponsoring a child from the focused area country that your church is leaning into, just ask uh, Joshua or Julie and they can direct you to which ones that, that, that is. But uh, church, let's make a difference today. Let's make an impact. And if you're here and you're like, hey, I'm not sure yet, but I want to pray about it, they can help you out with that as well. We just need your important information, and uh, let's make a difference. Church, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part. Thank you for letting me share what's passion in my heart, Pastor Matt. And I'll leave you with this. Conviction to Acts, 
commitment to see through, and to create a space to make things happen. And that's what we're all about. Bless you. Thank you. Thanks, Pastor Matt.
that's with that coming specifically from Guatemala, specifically a few centers there in Guatemala. So that leads to an added bonus that's come together over the years, that we get to do this alongside other like-minded Christians across the Ottawa area. And like Jeff mentioned, what we call the Ottawa Compassion Collective came together. It's up to eight churches now, like ours, who have agreed to officially partner together for the good of the gospel, for the good of the global church, and for the good of the people in Guatemala who are in need. So we've agreed to partner uh, with several specific child centers. That's just the official name for churches there on the ground in Guatemala. And we have together sponsored a huge chunk of kids in those centers. My family had the privilege of sponsoring two kids there, granddaughter and Alison. And so we are excited to do that as a family. But having this partnership also opens up even more doors, uh, like doing special projects, like the survival program you've heard of for young moms and babies uh, going through a really vulnerable time of life. Or even potentially doing trips to meet your sponsor kid. I know COVID put a pause on that, but we're still excited for the potential opportunities down the road that might be there. Anyway, all that to say, I believe in this ministry, and I hope that many of you already support a child, um, or I, I hope that the many that already support a child, or two, or three, with compassion, are encouraged today by seeing the work that they're doing through your support. And I hope that many others of you might be inspired to jump on board. Not because you're the Savior coming in to rescue someone, mm -hmm. but because you know the Savior. Yeah. And because you have been particularly blessed to bless us. <coughs> Can I pray for us? Yeah. And then we're going to close with a song together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace that has been so abundantly poured out on us, into our hearts, into our lives. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the way that you love the outcasts and the sinners and the lost because of mm. and Lord, that and we thank you for loving us. Lord, we pray that you would work in our hearts such a great work of grace by your spirit that we would then show your grace. <coughs>